That's, that's going to be our new theme song, Omaha. <laughs> I forget about the Omaha and uh, Lady Gaga has a Nebraska song. and Yeah. Uh, she actually sang uh, Nebraska. I think it's the only place on the tour that she sang that song on the, that last tour was here in Omaha. So isn't that Makes nice? Feel a little special. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice when they, they reserve that. Like bands do that. It's like they only like you two will do that. They'll only play. The song Acrobat is considered like one of their best songs and they never really play it just because it's like so hard to reproduce. And it's like a it wasn't a hit. It's like a rare kind of song, but like fans love it. So they'll play it like once in a blue moon, like one stop on the tour. And they'll be like, yeah. they play San Diego. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I know. I know every so obviously I follow Madonna around on tour. And so every once in a while you do get the one the only time she sung this or there was a dead spot. So she starts singing Borderline or something like that. So. Oh, we wow. get all oh, excited. Do yeah. Well, every once in a while, you know, like, um, so like this last tour, um, oh, oh, there was something, I can't remember, something was wrong. Oh, she's waiting for a new Polaroid camera or something. And so she started singing Fever. Um, the, wow. She had redone that. And I'm like, I don't know if she actually ever sung that on tour, but, and she just sings it off. I mean, it's, it's st stuff like that. And that's, you think about stuff and like, this is what makes me really uh, obviously, COVID needs to be over for many reasons, but I just you miss out on some of that fun stuff. Yeah, you really do. Does I heard Madonna doesn't sing Material Girl ever live. That's not true. So she has said, uh, she has said that like because she doesn't believe that's her at whatever. And I think she, and I remember obviously she sang it in her earlier years, and then she sang it on two thousand four in the reinvention tour, and then she said I was never going to sing that again. And then I remember I went to opening night of a Rebel Heart tour, and she sang. She sung it again. It's so great. But, um, but yeah, so she, the thing is like when she, you know, I, I love all the songs, but when you're in the audience and she plays, she pulls out the old hits, they go oh, crazy. And I could imagine. And she, and she knows, you know, like, like a prayer, even though it's probably way overdone and overheard, that always sets the audience on fire, no matter where I've been or how many concerts I've been to. It's so exciting too, because she's she's up there. She's a legend. She's it's it's like seeing Michael Jackson. Yeah, no, and she's still going. And her her new the Madame X tour, which that's the last tour I saw, um, looks like it's going to be coming to Netflix. So, oh, nice. Yeah. Madame X over edits them to the point like it's not enjoyable. <laughs> uh, you know, because I, I miss the days where you know be live HBO. You know, and you you get what you get. You know, you get whatever camera angles they happen to to catch. You know, and, yeah. Uh, now it's like so completely over edited. I'm like, I just want, you know, uh, you know, old school, you know, long shot, medium, close up, long, you know, just like cut, you know, I, I, I want to get the whole thing. You know, I don't need uh, super close ups on her face the whole time. Yeah, I agree with you. I watch like a lot of, you know, concert DVDs and footage and stuff like that. And that's bad. And it's also bad when like between songs, they'll cut to like, an interview with the band before backstage or something and you're like ah oh, it's killing the pacing yeah <laughs> they do that it, with oasis a lot I, yeah. i'm a big oasis fan admittedly and so, they have a lot of comfort comfort concerts and they'll show like book cut to the band talking and you're like ah yeah. oh, but i'm watching a concert now we're like backstage sitting on a couch yeah i'm also on the side well only, probably only for madonna i want to see everything going on backstage because you know i grew up with truth or dare and i was like the behind the scenes was just as interesting uh of what oh, she's really? doing and 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 even like this last tour so she's what 61 now i can't remember she's bringing it um and they had this behind the scenes tour and i just it. kind of assume she did kind of a a stage kind of uh traditional perceived you know 
tour yeah. uh, at a kind of a theater. And so, you know, at one point she comes out at the top of these stairs and the stairs kind of move around. And um, cool. a, a couple of shows in, I, I could see there was a ladder against there, you know, and I could see her getting up there and uh, they had some behind the scenes shot and she's just, you know, carefully going up the ladder. I'm like, it's Madonna. Can't we get a lift? You know? That yeah. Why isn't that? She's uh, more in, accommodating. Yeah, she, yeah, she's in heels and she's mic, you know, and like here she, she has to climb this yeah. uh, 15 foot ladder. <laughs> yeah, what are they doing? I don't know. I'm like, she can afford it, you know. <laughs> I, she, she can. Yeah. Uh, so let me first all say welcome to the show. Uh, happy Saturday, Robert. Happy Saturday to you. And congrats on your second shot. Oh, thank you. I worked Jealous. very hard for it. Jealousy's extended. Worked very hard. I didn't. I'll tell you what, though, I did go get the second shot at Dodger Stadium, and my appointment was at 8 a.m., and they opened at 8. So I got there. I was like, oh, I'll get there at 7.30, and I'll be, like, ahead of the game. Oh, my gosh. The, the traffic to get in there yeah. was crazy. You were just dead stopped. And I was like, okay, well, it's because it's not open yet. When it opens, it'll start moving. So it opened at 8. It started moving. I've never seen anything like it in L.A., especially at Dodger Stadium. It, wow. it is so efficient. They're like, this line, this line, this line. Boom, boom, 15 minutes, wait, go. Like, you're in and out of that place. <laughs> um, it's like a well-oiled machine. They're not messing around. I've never, because LA is usually pretty efficient, California yeah. in general. Of, Driving efficient, for sure. Yeah, it's just very all over the place and slow. And I was like, good for these guys. And they're all friendly. And like, it was a really good experience with the LAFD. Well, one, that's awesome that there's so many people getting vaccinated. And two, uh, yeah. for, for listeners that have not been to to that stadium, it is 90% parking lot and 10% stadium. It's like a, it's kind of a dot in the middle of this mass parking. I remember actually I saw Madonna there uh, for one of uh, her tours. And I remember, oh, cool. I you know, it's it's a big circle of parking, you know, and I come out. Yeah. And I'm like, one, I can barely, I don't remember where I parked. And two, everybody's just clicking their horn. And I was like, I have no, I just waited it out. I was like, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> yeah, what do you do? You need like a find my car app because yeah, it's and, it's yeah. uh, it's crazy. It's a, yeah, I'm in a rental car. I barely know. It's You know, it's a typical, it's a white plane car that looks like every everything else. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I do that too at concerts and like events because I have a blue car. So I'll... Uh, I'll forget. So what I'll do is I'll actually take a picture of like something in the area. But if it's outdoors, that like never works because everything looks the same. And like three hours later, you're not really thinking. So I'm like, where no. is it? Well, that's the thing. I'm like, oh, I'll just remember to come right out of here. And I'm like, no, that didn't. That wasn't. That helpful. didn't do it. <laughs> we have a great show tonight. We're going to get into we're going to start off with a little recap on the show. Clarice. Today is also the uh, anniversary of um a Nightmare on Elm Street, Dream Warriors. It came out this date, 1987. And we're going to get into uh, the top movies of 1984 and some other mentions and asking ourselves and the world, do they still hold up? I'm excited for this list. This might have been the best year in the 80s for film. It is one of a good year. So, and, and we'll just answer for the world. We have the answers for you. Yeah, we do. You can yeah. trust us. It's very... Uh, <laughs> Very reliable. So what's going on with Clarice? I well, admittedly did not finish watching past episode one. Whew. Well, I was like, all right. I, you know, episode one was pretty creaky. And I'm like, all right, they need some setup. You know, let's kind of see where this goes. And, you know, I'm a, like most people, a big fan of Silence of the Lambs. And 
And I know that's kind of a high pedestal to kind of reach, but I'm like, all right, let's get going. And season, or I'm sorry, episode two was a little, you know, is taking off kind of on Waco and it's becoming more apparent, you know, that um, uh, the Senator Martin, now Attorney General Martin, Catherine Martin's uh, mother is now uh, more or less Janet Reno in disguise. Yeah. Uh, and so, so that's fine. And she just magically just shows up wherever things are happening. Uh, maybe Take Janet did that thing to Baltimore. <laughs> I don't know. So, um, it's uh, it reminded me that I've you know this is years, obviously years and years ago. I was going through my parents' pictures, you know, because they were I can't remember where they were visiting, and I'm like, and I was like, is, is mom just chatting with Janet Reno? Yeah, she bumped into her, and I was like, oh, I'm so jealous. I oh no just, way. You know, yeah, because um, you know there's political celebrities, you know, that you would admire and kind of absolutely. Wanna, so, but um, so yeah, I so, met a uh, Bobby Shriver once. I don't oh, nice. expect you to know who he is, but that's uh, Eunice Shriver's son, the nephew of John F. Kennedy. Okay. He was the uh, Santa Monica mayor for a while, and uh, I, we had lunch like it was a work event, there was like 30 people, but I got to take a picture and hang out, and I was like, oh, I love the Kennedys. And he was like, uh, it was like meeting, you know, like Michael Jackson's son or something like that, somebody that you like, you know, up in that sphere. Anyway, go on. I'll have to, offline, I'll have to tell you about uh, who I met at one of my Madonna concerts then. So, um, but uh, but yeah, so episode, so episode three, I'm like, all right, you know, I'm a fan. I'll keep feeding it to kind of see. And I was like, who? It keeps going farther and farther. And and I and and I told my sister, I think after the first episode, I'm like, just watch, because you know, my my thing with original Silence of the Lambs is, uh, uh, it's less about Clarice. Ardelia Map is the one that actually solve the case <laughs> she's like clarice look at these files he more or less said here here's how to figure you know <laughs> here's how to find the killer you know right and clarice is like oh yeah so there there's an incident where because you know ardelia is setting up an office of course nearby and i'm like all right and she goes i gotta go through all these cold case, case files while you get to do the fun stuff and i'm like all right, Ardelia's going to find something in the cold case files that's going to solve the case, you know. Yeah, she's going to get a clue. <laughs> and sure enough, yeah, Ardelia's looking through and she grabs a phone book and, and she she calls Clarice and Clarice literally does a head smack. <laughs> she's like, what? Oh, like, oh I'm like, no. I'm like, Clarice, you're the worst. <laughs> what was she doing that, like, brought her back there? To who, Ardelia? Or... Yeah, like, what did she find that? One, one, Clarice needs a place to stay, number one. So she's, you know, Clar Clarice can't do anything. She's staying with our dealing man. She can't do her job. She has to pop in and she's like, I don't know what to do. I can't solve this case. And <laughs> I, so I think every week um, our is going to sweep in and t solve the case. And Clarice Button makes up the last details. The credit. Yeah. I do like that the actress tries to talk like, uh, tries to speak like um, Jodie Foster in Silence of the Lambs a little bit. She does, and she's just—I don't know if she's too tiny or, uh, you know, obviously Jodie Foster's kind of yeah. pretty petite as well. But it, it reminded me when, uh, which Terminator Genesis, where they put the <laughs> little Game of Thrones girl to play Linda Hamilton. I'm oh, like, oh yeah, uh, I'm a... <laughs> yeah. This is like Linda Hamilton's daughter, you know. <laughs> uh, rather, <laughs> do you find yourself wanting to just watch Silence of the Lambs instead? Um, I. I don't, I feel like this is kind of, you know, ret ruining, retroactively it? ruining it a little oh, bit. Oh, no. So, um, so, and I'm well. kind of pretending this doesn't really exist and this isn't canon. This is. <laughs> it's not some, part of the canon. No, this is like, a, this is like a fan-made YouTube film. 
Look yeah. at it that way. And literally, yeah. if you plugged Clarice and pretty much her character out or whatever, it seems like any other procedural drama, cop drama. That's what I thought. I watched episode one, and I love Cudlitz, Michael Cudlitz. He's like one of my favorite actors ever. But And he always does good, but he couldn't carry it because I felt like I was watching like a CSI or something like that or Law and Order, which I, I don't really like those shows. I mean, they're well done, but I'm, it's just not my cup of tea. Yeah. Cal felt, is kind of useless and he yeah says stuff like well this sucks what are well, we gonna like sucks. yeah why are you why are you here like yeah why are you, yeah i needed work during it's the either pandemic. one that and at the first episode it's like this is the library and this is the truth detector and like that's they have one job to see if somebody's lying and they can't yeah, this was, yeah. <laughs> and this was probably filmed during the pandemic so it's like pandemic quality where they probably could have done more but it's just like i don't know it's not good it's what happens when you shoot with mannequins during COVID. <laughs> it's what you get. It's no stand, but I, I think I'll give it a try. <laughs> I almost, I'm, I'll be honest. I, the stand is actually better than Clarice has been. Whoa. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I just, I feel bad because I'm like, well, there goes the end of no, no more Hannibal, you know, like, you know, because they always look, you know, yeah. what works. And what, obviously this is in a totally different uh, universe than Hannibal, but I was like, this is right. not going to go well. This is not good. I watched the stand, the 94 one again to get the taste out of my mouth. <laughs> my my wife came in. She's like, oh, I know this. Yeah, you've watched this like three times this year. And I'm like, I, I have watched this a lot this year. It's a, it's a mini series from 94. I've watched it three times and it's only March. <laughs> so I was like, not in, the, not, not in the past three months, but since like the summer, since we'd started doing Set Jetter Saturdays, I've watched yeah. three times. So <laughs> I think I'm done for a while. <laughs> yeah, I was like, how much more can you... It's not exactly a layered uh, no. drama. <laughs> no, not at all. It was very... You know what it is? I don't know if you suffer from this. I have such a hard time finding something to watch. Like, I have, like, uh, streaming services fatigue. I'll just go mm -hmm. through everything, and I'm like, there's nothing here that I like that is catching me. I'll just go to YouTube, and then yeah. it's like stand, and I'm like, "All right, all right, I guess I'm watching." Well, it, it's you ever difficult. have that problem? I, I there's think... like too much out. There's too much crap out there that like you've never heard of, and you're like, "This is awful." And we really, and I'm guilty of this as well, is really not giving something a chance. Where you yeah. know you're like, Let sure. me this. I've heard something about this good series, and you're like, "It's about a minute." And you're like, "I don't think so," you know? <laughs> oh, all the time. Yeah. But I do sit through an hour of Clarice somehow. But. <laughs> You're committed now. You're a dedicated man. Yeah. I did watch Field of Dreams the other day. Do you Have you ever seen that movie? Um, I saw it in the theater once, and I think that's the last time I saw it. Yeah. Is it a good movie, do you think? Uh, I don't really care for it. There's a little too kind of schmaltzy. Uh, yeah. It's kind of weird. It's uh, You know the, the story, Kevin Costner. Yeah. If you build it, he will come with the dad. But I feel like it kind of builds up. And then all of a sudden they bring James Earl Jones from New York to the field. And then they're, they're just like, you got to sell the farm. It's going to go bankrupt. You're losing money. <laughs> and then his brother-in-law sees the players. He goes, you got to keep this farm. And next thing you know, there's like tons, like thousands of cars lining up outside. It's like, where, where did the advertising where come from? It? Yeah. They, they literally just start showing up. And it's like everything was buttoned up in the last minute where they say, uh, Okay, all these people are here. We're going to save the farm. You bet your dad. He's convinced. Everybody's happy. Good night. And it was almost like they had five minutes left. To, they had one page left to finish it. And they're like, just do this. Throw this. And Which it's a good a movie. Lot, it's, oh, yeah. Like, well, a lot of 80s movies 
were like that. It was, we had a lot of, uh, we have to sell the farm movies in the eighties. Uh, cause that was a thing, you know, Prancer. I, yeah. We had country and, uh, I can't remember all the, the different ones, but yeah, that, that was kind of, was, was that one? I don't remember. Well, they were like poor on the farm and they were going to lose something. I don't remember gotcha. if it was the tractor or something, but. So, yeah, so it was whatever. And then usually it's the mean old bank and then the, everybody pulls through and that's, and it's fine. I don't know. I feel like we, we put up with those tropes. It's cute. Quite a bit. Yeah. It's the mean old bank or it's the big developer that like the Goonies that wants to turn in our house into condominiums. It's yeah. like, where are all these condos coming from? Now, I say that, and I just rewatched, not I say just, but it was about a few weeks ago, I uh, rewatched Field of Dreams with Sally Field. And that is also part of the, her husband ends up uh, dying. I'm like, well, how is it going to do? We have to pick cotton and sell the farm. And, you know, like, um, and then uh, last minute, they all, they all pitched in and they're able to do it. So I love when they do that. Um, Brady Bunch movie, too. Remember the house yeah. was going to auction? Yeah. It's always and, the auction. Or the, which is the bank or a developer that yeah. they're always like, we got to save our house. The mean old developer. <laughs> the mean old developer. <laughs> so today is the, uh, keep us posted too on Clarice and I'll, yeah. I'll watch it as well. I revisit. Will... You have to watch at least for the head slap in uh, episode three. <laughs> <laughs> the head slap? She literally, she smacks her head, Clarice, because she made a, oh. a dumb mistake. And I, and I was just, I was cackling. I just thought it was one of the my favorite moments. <laughs> so bad, but so great, right? Well, yeah, that's I'm like, well, maybe maybe it should be more of a comedy. Because <laughs> like one, she is kind of bumbling and she, they keep saying like, I don't think you belong in the field. I don't. And she go, and I'm like, I don't think the she does either because she gets triggered by uh, running water. You know, that's an episode. Yeah. Two. What, what... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> seriously somebody turns on a faucet and she's triggered uh and it's like i don't think this is a should be an fbi agent either no no i don't want her in charge of investigation it, so what, there are three episodes into it yes and they're all glorious they are something they are something <laughs> today is the anniversary of a nightmare on elm street three i know you've covered this robert yes this is the one Spoiler alert at the end where the like the miniature house, the light turns on. Is that Dream Warriors? That is Dream Warriors. Okay, this was in 90. This came out in 87. 87. Uh, and today's the anniversary. Yes. So my I first haven't been on my Elm Instagram, but I hope you posted about it. I did. This is the first Elm Street I saw in the theater. And I vividly remember the first time, obviously, the opening scene or, you know, she her first dream, she wakes up on the actual Elm Street in front of the Elm Street house. And I remember... The house seems so big because I'd only seen it on, you know, the 25 inch TV screen at the time. And uh, uh, I was just like, oh, so excited. And Freddie has a great entrance. In yeah. This one, where he kind of comes almost skidding around the corner, uh, almost as he kind of slides into view running after her. So I just loved it. Oh, that's cool. Check out Robert's website, by the way, listeners, at set-jetter.com uh, and on Instagram as well. Which is at, I always forget this. Are you set underscore Jetter? I really can't remember myself. I should know this, but. <laughs> you're you're set it. underscore Jetter. Go yeah. to Instagram. Just type in set Jetter on Instagram. You'll find yeah. it. You'll find the right and one. It's, it's really cool. I'm looking at it now. I see your posts. Um, but yeah, this is a cool, this is a cool movie. Um, how does this, how does, do you think as the Jetter of sets 
holds up in the whole franchise. In, in the 80, the eighties. Yeah, well, obviously, this is the one that truly made it a franchise, and this is kind of where they, uh, the the next few sequels were all patterned after after this one for sure. Um, this was like but, a blueprint going forward. Yeah, and you know, it had this one had a lot going for it, and it had some, you know, uh, Lawrence Fishburne's one of his not, not one of his first roles. He had obviously been doing. Um, oh, he was know. in here as Larry Fishburne. Yeah, uh, Priscilla Pointer uh, was in this as kind of some of the. Oh. older kind of name actors um but yeah so uh and i was i remember i remember reading fangoria magazine uh, the year before and being so excited that heather Langenkamp was coming back and i was just like uh this is gonna yeah. be good and they got west back to and his uh a lot of his original ideas and kind of skeleton for the the movie shows up in here but not the actual if you want to read the actual more what his original script was i think the novelizations uh, kind of follows that a bit more oh that's cool you've seen this in the theater this was not the first nightmare on elm street you've seen theatrically or was it it was the first when i was live you know i was, I was like 16 years old and oh cool the other two i had just seen on the video so oh that's so cool so, so I, I got to see these live in person <laughs> yeah these are exciting this is the one uh okay yeah they the hypnosis and there are, the nun is in this one, Hypnosil, right? Hypnosil, Amanda Kruger. Yeah, that's it. Hypnosil. That's what it's called, right? <laughs> yes. Dream Warriors. This is a classic. It uh, is. UCLA. You did work on this too. I've seen a bunch of times, um, which you did a really great job with the stills and the movies, the film filming locations. Thank you. By the way, I got to tell you something. I was uh, clicking around on Instagram and uh, like, they they pop up people I might be interested in, yeah. and because I follow you, I get like other film people. And I clicked on one, and it was this guy, and I think it said you followed him. I didn't follow him or anything because I didn't want to like, <laughs> I didn't want to cheat on you and get involved. But I I clicked on his thing, and I won't mention his name, but I I think he did like okay locations. They were all in L.A. They were all just okay. They were all very obvious. It was all stuff I could get in the car and know where it is, like Griffith Park, yeah. Karate Kid, you know, house, like all stuff that's everybody knows. But he did what he did was put himself in every picture, and I applaud you for putting yourself in like some pictures because it's you. People should know like you're the man. I do, but it, you don't yeah. do it on every one. And this guy did it in every frame, and I was like, that is so annoying. <laughs> uh, it was literally every picture. Was him like giving the thumbs up, and I was like, I can't see where you are. Do you? Uh, Thanks you for know, not doing that. Is my point. on my old blog, somebody did criticize me. He's like, do you really have to be in pictures? I'm like, well, I'm sorry. Like, oh, really? <laughs> I think yeah. you should be in pictures. It's your and, work. Like, and usually, I at the main location or something, or if I'm kind of doing a funny recreation, of course, yeah, I will. I yeah. Will do that, but uh, I think you should be in pictures because otherwise. People know it's you and that you're not just like ripping them off, but you don't do every picture because it'd be tough to have somebody hold it if you're alone and be like, get my picture, yeah. Yeah. you know, it no, was like, yeah. and that's the thing I've, I've tried all alone that rarely do I, yeah, I, I think I did set my camera on the car once with the timer. I can't remember what location I was like, oh, nice. I had for somebody that was by myself, but I had to get a picture. So, but it wasn't Texas. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> Um, but now we're getting, you know, out of February and then we're getting back to kind of, cause usually January is kind of the dumping ground for bad films or no films. So it's been kind of vacant, but I know tomorrow, 
uh, or whenever people hear this on Sunday, the 28th will be the 35th anniversary of Pretty in Pink. So I'm getting that Ooh. page together tonight to uh, share that. Oh, you did Pretty in Pink? Yeah. That's so or cool. some of it, yeah. It's a classic. That's with Ducky. Yes. I love it. And what's the uh, the Asian character's name? In Pretty in Pink? Uh, maybe maybe I'm thinking of 16 Candles. You're thinking of 16 Candles. Ugh. John Long Hughes Dong Fail. What was that name? That that racist Long, name? Long it was Dong like Long Dong Kong or something? Yeah. And luckily, my uh, Blu-ray just came today. Uh, Ooh. Uh, what pretty is it? Pretty in Pink? Ferris, Ferris Bueller, Plane Trains oh, and Autobills. She's having a baby and some kind of wonderful. I love it. So. so good. I like the Planes, Trains, Automobiles cover where it has the North Pole in the back and it's marketed as a Christmas film during the holidays. And you're like, no, come on. They were never they were never at the North Pole. Oh, maybe in another cut. It was so bad. <laughs> I would love to get that cut because apparently there's a three-hour cut of the film that when John Hughes was still alive said existed and it was in a vault at Paramount. But he said, when he was alive, he said it probably deteriorated at this point. But I'm so I'm surprised with the fan base that has. Paramount didn't like dig that up and release the unreleased cut or something. Maybe they'll know? show it on Paramount+. Plus. I would hope so. <laughs> I'm excited for Paramount+. Plus. I did see they're going to show, like, I did read they're going to have most of the Paramount movies on there. Yeah, so I think, yeah, I'll stick around and sit for a little while and kind of see what they, what they have going. I think so. So, uh, kids, if you're underage, ask your parents to rent the Dream Warriors. We're promoting this film all week. <laughs> and uh, you know what we like, need to do for a show? We need to get Heather Langenkamp on the on the show to like Skype it. I would be so thrilled. I remember the first time I saw her. Well, I remember, like, I always kind of wanted to meet her. And this is before I kind of understood conventions or that type of thing. And, and I remember I saw a video of her at a convention meeting. And, like, you can meet these people? I was like, I don't oh, even know oh, what before. I would do if I met Heather Langenkamp. And then um, it was the Chicago one, Flashback Weekend. And they had her and um, Robert England. And then a f a f most of the Dream Warriors were there. And uh, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, but uh, who, who played, who, uh, he played the doctor in Elm Street. He played Roger Rabbit's voice. Harry Rob Dean Stanton? No. I'll, I'll come to think of it. But anyway, um, so, um, so before I got to meter meter, we had the photo op first. And so that was my first time kind of more or less, I mean, thrust in between Heather Langenkamp and Robert, Robert England. And I just like, I was pinching myself. I could not believe, you know, that. Yeah. And that she actually had long hair then. So it was almost more Nancy like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why well, would she rock now? Like a cropped look? It's kind of uh, shorter. Yeah. But. Um, yeah. Which is fine too, but I was like, "Oh, she has Nancy Harris, so exciting." <laughs> I think we got to get her on. I'm looking at her Twitter. She engages with people, and she doesn't have a like, crazy amount of followers. Yeah. So usually, they're pretty like they don't get buried with like 800,000 comments a yeah. day. You should, and and I remember I I brought my Elm Street door down to her to sign two year two years ago now probably. So that's the angle. Privately, yeah. we'll talk about this offline. Like, send that to me in the thread. Yes. And and then we'll send that and be like, remember this guy? Come on the show. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, no, we're not. Uh... <laughs> we get restraining orders. I'm like, but I wasn't even there. They're like, what do you what, what do you want with Miss yeah. Langenkamp? It's like, I, I, an interview. Yeah. But when you look at the best Elm Streets, it's it's her. You know, one, three, and seven are the ones that 
that she's in. She's seven the, is a new nightmare. Yeah. That was the one that new line did first. No, they were all new line. They're all new line. Yeah. That was the one they did though. That was different, right? Because it was, uh, it, it wasn't like a direct sequel in the real world. So that the Elm Street it. movies exist and it was pretty meta and it was pre right before scream, not right before, but you know, a couple of years before Scream, so he was kind of verging on that. And I think post Scream, I think that movie would have been done done better. I don't I don't think people really got what was going on. Oh, you know, good that point. Was, You're right. They weren't ready to. That wasn't like a thing yet. It was mm-mm. in real life. You know, it wasn't. Yeah. It was ahead of its time. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So fans got it, and but I think mainstream audience is like, is this a Freddie? You know, like they didn't understand the. It, was it financially unsuccessful at the box office? It was, yeah, not enough to. The, the The good news about New Line is like you know, they they wanted to end the series better than they did, <laughs> and they wanted yeah. to bring Wes back, and and Wes had a good idea, and um, but yeah, so I think, and that's the I so I just I know, and I'll probably get flack for this because you know Wes Craven has a lot of hits, and he has some big misses, and uh, the, he had the anniversary for his cursed film. And cursed being no pun intended uh, was uh, a couple of days ago, and I'm like, that was just a big miss. When some of the some of the films just do not do not age well, they weren't kind of very good at the time. And I know cursed in particular was uh, part of a studio turmoil of re, you know it's re, everything had to be reshot, and and some people were oh, eliminated. What a, what a headache! Yeah, and so it just it makes for you know you could just see it's patched together, and it's just if, did it work? No, it the the timing. The pacing of it was was bad because a new nightmare was supposed to make up for Freddy's dead, right? Yes. Which ironically was they saved the best for last. They actually did. Well, I if you consider like a new nightmare last, in. yeah, not well, Freddy versus Jason. So. Before or, I ever met you, and I was, I was just a fan of the site. Like I just knew your the website. I remember seeing like, this is the worst of the Freddy films. Uh, you know, <laughs> Freddy's dead. You were so. Because that was the first time I've ever seen you like really critical, and I'm like, oh wow, yeah. this guy's he's kind of mad. <laughs> Freddy's you know, dead is the Jason goes to hell of the, of the series, right? Yeah, and every it's funny. Even time I'm, anytime I'm just slightly critical, which is not too often a film, but I'll put in a little something. Uh, you know, yeah, people just like like you know like that's this good film. I can't believe you hate it. I'm like, <laughs> I don't love every film, you know. I. I respected enough that I'm I'm doing it. So so cursed. Yeah. I was I tried to find a middle of the road. I put happy question mark anniversary to <laughs> Wes Craven's you, cursed. You did you did that with uh, Friday the Thirteenth. You posted the reboot, the two the reimagining in oh, 2009. Yeah, you said this unnecessary, you know, yeah. remake or whatever, and people were like, "How dare you!" <laughs> and then and I thought. Unnecessary. It was kind of middle of the road, you know, like because you could see it in a number of ways. Because like, like, oh, we don't need another remake. But I agree. It was middle of the road. It could go either way. And the truth is, that movie did not need to be made. (laughs) You know what they need to do, and they won't do this because it doesn't fit the Hollywood mold. Is the reason that the Friday the Thirteenth are so successful and still have a good cult following is because the way they were done. They should do another sequel, but make it in the style of the '80s, where the counselors go to camp. And, you know, uh, or something happens at the camp and Jason's back. Use similar music and make it grainy because yeah. uh, the reason a lot of those things don't work is they try to bring something completely new to the table. And you're like, this is not what I like. Let's watch four instead. Yeah. So, well, it would well be I'm cool. sure at one point it'll be remade, too. But yeah, with uh, 
Nancy Voorhees <laughs> as Nancy. the killer. Is that what was that her name? Pamela. Pamela. Pamela Oof. Voorhees. Ooh, I thought you were a fan. <laughs> <laughs> right. What kind of fan? Why would they? Why would, do you think they would ever do that? Um, I don't. I, you don't know I, who it I, is. I go back to I. I could see fans loving it. And I could see audiences and having no idea what why this woman is. I thought because they'd be like, I thought this was a Friday Thirteenth movie. Most people just know as the this is a Jason thing. So yeah, that that's true. People would be upset. It's like there's no Jason. <laughs> what happens? What kind of Friday the Thirteenth is this? What is this Friday Thirteenth the TV series? What is this Friday the Fourteenth? <laughs> yeah, that's what we should do. Friday the Fourteenth, where we don't. We can retain the rights. Uh, so we're going to get into, um, this is exciting. This is a segment on the show uh, we call, Does It Still Hold Up? Uh, and Or Do They Still Hold Up? And basically, we've been, at the last few episodes, we've been looking at a list of the most uh, successful, successfully financial films of different years, starting with 1980. And today, we're on 1984. And Robert, as we discussed before the show, both of us feel like this is a pretty powerful year for films. Yeah, absolutely. And because I, you know, I come, I look through the top 10 and then add some others in the top 30 and they're all like, obviously great films were coming out like two to three times a month, you know, that almost weekly, we had all these kind of films that we still think about or it's kind of still kind of, or, you know, whatever. So it's not always just uh, the no, the quantity that they were churning out at the time, but they actually were good films that people went to see over and over again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, quantity and quality. It's one of those rare years. And 1984 is a cool year anyway, for so many reasons. It's just a good year, you know? Yes. If I could live in one year in the 80s, like go back in time and live one year, it would be 84. I hear ya. First on the list, I did a video about this on the show once, that it's one of those movies you can watch over and over again. It is Ghostbusters. I consider it a perfect film. I say it still holds up. Um, yeah, I haven't seen it in a long time. I'm trying to think of last time, but yeah, it holds up. It had uh, pretty decent special effects, obviously for the time. Um, some were better than others. A great cast, obviously. You have the Ghostbusters plus Sigourney Weaver plus Annie Potts. Um, Love her. Kind of rounds it out. So, Ghostbusters, what do you want? <laughs> Prince they, is uh, dead. Last time I went to Universal Halloween Horror Nights, they had a Ghostbusters maze. I don't know if you oh, saw that cool. one. Um, and they actually had an Annie Potts. When you came in, she was on the phone doing different things like that. And I can't remember. I said something to her, and she just kind of winked. And yeah, that's so great. Yeah. Oh, no, I'd was, love to see that. It was. Uh, it was. It was good. I was like wondering. And at the, near the end, they had the Marshmallow Man, and they they kind Mr. of what they did. Is they they positioned themselves uh, against near the wall, and then hidden in the wall were like these light streams so if they held their kind of gun to it it looked like it was laser lights those things were coming out of their things but yeah so universal obviously usually does a pretty good job uh uh on one hand it's a little repetitive you can always if you've been to the mazes enough you know like oh this is gonna you know happen no matter what the movie is but they're so good at the details of you know like like i said annie potts at the desk and everything looks exactly like it did in the movie that oh i get so excited to see that do they have Janos from Ghostbusters 2 going, nope, no, nope, please, no, nope. photos available in the gift shop? They might have had something. I can't remember. So every once in a while, they put in their little Easter eggs. And obviously, they've done Halloween a couple of times and a couple of the Halloween sequels. And and like I said, all the details are just right. I, they, these are people that love the movies. 
and of they course know the importance for i should say 70 percent are going through and they're like uh you know and then there's diehard fans like us for who like like a the poltergeist counter is exactly the same you know like they got you know every detail exactly right oh so good the meat kind of crawling across the the counter and stuff so creepy yeah the coffins yes that was a good number one. two on the list is indiana jones and the temple of doom it, this is not my favorite entry in indiana jones but it's not my least favorite and i this, these <laughs> movies still hold up so uh, i'm gonna say this one still holds up robert it's it's still watchable where I kind of tune into two thirds of it at least, and then I kind of fade out. So there's a couple things like one I remember in the theaters like this is a Raiders, you know, you you just knew I was obviously 14 at the time, and I was like oh, this isn't as good, and it does have some questionable. Uh, well, I remember in the audience that people were like, it, it this is a movie that kind of crossed the line of you know like the. Uh, floating the out of the airplane they and the the uh, the raft and they're ah it's like kind of land of the lost where they, they looks like they float down a mile and they're fine they just kind of slightly bounce on the snow and then <laughs> it's like all right you know like so a lot of people were just and i remember in the theater people were, there was groans uh, yeah that was time. ridiculous and we're then... falling <laughs> it's that is ridiculous um yeah and who i should i should say that but <laughs> And Kate like, Copshaw's character was not as likable as no. uh, Marion Ravenwood. Yeah, who did she have to screw to get that role? I oh, wonder. Wait a second. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, I do like uh, that the beginning's like a 30-minute James Bond intro. Like Harrison Ford's in a white tux, like shooting in a casino. And it's like, what are you doing? He's you know, a professor of archaeology. Yeah. But even before that, now that you say that, I remember... Uh, it starts off with a musical number, and I yeah. remember I was like, "Are we in the right movie?" Like, and obviously she dances, uh, in, yeah. in front of the credits. Um, and but it was just like one. It's like a super strange opening, and this is uh, this is kind of what you get at you know director's folly. You know they can do whatever they want, and I'm sure Spielberg's like, "I've always wanted to do a musical opening," and Raiders of the Lost Ark seems the best place to do that. So. <laughs> It's so funny to see yeah. that director's folly when something, the first one does so well. Like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a perfect example of that. They did the first movie, 1990. It was good for what it, the material was. It was dark. And then the second one, it just turned into like a pizza party with vanilla ice, <laughs> you know, because it was so popular. And then parents like were like, don't make it so dark. So they just made it as if the turtles showed up at your birthday party yeah. <laughs> and filmed that. And that was the movie. The Batman Forever of Teenage oh, Mutant Totally. Um, and there was also some weird moments, like, because uh, obviously she's singing to the camera, um, but she also falters, you know, like she she misses a step and yes. kind of, and like, is that on purpose? You know, like, the first, I was like, do we leave that stuff in now? Is this on purpose? Well, well yeah, I don't know. But yeah, what but were they doing? I, it is a, it's I, a weird choice. I don't know if she's kind of supposed to be like, she's just obviously not the best dancer, maybe. Um, it's she's not the best dancer. Yeah, and I still don't get because you know obviously she runs back into the dragon and they have a huge uh, soundstage. <laughs> so, so. Where where is this? Uh, that club Obi Wan is amazing. If you can get into the back room, uh, it's, <laughs> it's seven times the size of anything you can believe. It's it's amazing. <laughs> uh, don't you think? Like I, it's not my favorite Indiana Jones, but does it still hold up? Like yeah, if, if you're 
if you like the Indiana Jones series, it it's like the third to the third <laughs> best one, I guess. Chris, Chris, Crystal Skull is obviously the worst one, but in, in my opinion. But yeah, I feel like it can of... still be a fun ride for some scenes, like when you haven't watched it in a while. But it it wouldn't be my go-to. No, and it has from as many as it has, like let's say the bridge scene is a memorable image and everything that happens there. And then also it falters because then, you know, they're like, oh, there's little black drawn in alligator, you know, like, <laughs> you know, it always kind of like you do something like, oh, and then it ruins it. And they're like, oh, we're we're obviously on a green screen, getting out of the way of the water, shooting out of the mountain, which yeah, would have killed well, us just... instantly. Uh, but <laughs> look at those little draw hand drawn alligators down there. Yeah, I think it'd be uh... funny if they recycled Peter Pan footage when they looked down. It was the alligator like going after Hook they in cartoon. Well. Maybe somebody will kind of do a better editor of the movie but but it, it has enough scenes going for it that it does not and i think that's why it's probably still kind of it, it, it's a uh sunday afternoon type movie totally absolutely that's a really good point next on the list robert does it still hold up gremlins uh it mostly holds up. i it, gremlins for the most part holds up for me and i had rewatched it not too long ago um and it's another one that uh as the older I get, I kind of phase out after two thirds. I'm like, okay, I got it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I know how it's ending. I don't need to see uh, past uh, up to the movie theater. I'm like, I know it. You know, I'm with I'm, you. Yeah, um, but for the most part, it's a I, that that first hour is just kind of uh, obviously Joe Dante, but it's kind of Spielberg magical. Um, it was just, and we didn't know what we were in for at the time, you know, because people were like there's mysterious posters i mean it was kind of scary um this is uh 1984 a couple of these movies be, uh, began to kick off indiana jones in particular the pg-13 that didn't exist because these were um they were blurring the lines yeah and there was a big big gap between pg and r and and what constitutes that and i think between gremlins and indiana jones were just too scary uh for some people it, yeah it used to be like you could say the f word once and maybe show like a second of a boob and that would be PG-13 because you would see movies actually use that. Like, let's just use the F word once and they would save it for like that one moment. There was like a blurred line from 84 to like 91 of what was acceptable for either. It was really weird. And if you look at like movies that were rated PG, um, if you, people just Google, like, I can't believe this was rated PG. There's a list of movies where you're like, oh, how did that get PG? Oh, in the 70s? Yeah, there was more. In the 70s? Yeah, you could pretty much do anything. It was crazy. I think The Godfather's on. No, no, Godfather's not in there. <laughs> but um, I, I say Gremlin still holds up. I just watched it, I think, over, like, the Christmas holiday. And, it yeah, it has that, like, Spielberg magic in there that could go out of their way. And that could get scary. And it's a yeah. fun Ride. I also watched the sequel again, which I haven't seen since a kid. And I do like the sequel. It's I, it's my favorite. Do. I like it's, it better than the first one. Like I enjoy Ghostbusters two more than Ghostbusters. Ironically, yeah, it's yeah just I know. More fun. Yeah, Gremlins two. I because it's more entertaining. It's more. It, they know that they're, they're everybody's in on the joke. And my favorite is I can't remember the holiday because I, I know Phoebe Cage in the, the sequel. She goes, "Is it Arbor Day?" She's oh, don't. She starts going off. I had a horrible experience. <laughs> It was and Lincoln's just, birthday. Yeah, Lincoln's birthday, and she, they start to do the close up, um, and I just thought, I just, I, I just, I was cackling in the theater because I'm like, oh, they, they get it, and yeah, uh, the it's same so lady uh, from uh, the first one, I, 
complaining about the, they had different versions in the movie the, in the movie theater version the, mo- the movie broke and then uh, the lady comes out she goes this one's the worst than the the first one and she's like yeah it's so great there's so many yeah. in in term jokes uh in in scene jokes like hulk hogan's in there and yes um it's just it's a fun ride altogether absolutely but, but yeah uh, gremlins one still holds up gremlins one still holds up karate kid uh 1984 i'm gonna say this one definitely still holds up it, it has all the magic now more than ever i think so this is my sister's like number one favorite movie and oh cool uh, the uh she, she has credit kid pillows uh <laughs> really like what yeah. is it the logo or what is it uh no like uh like uh, the one that says like uh, uh put them in a body bag uh <laughs> Put him in a body bag. Yeah. yeah. I met that guy just about a few months before he died. Uh, he oh, was at yeah. the Hollywood show. And then uh, I can't re- I, I'll get the quote wrong, but yeah, like like the stupid bike or whatever it says, uh, whatever Daniel LaRusso's line says when he was yeah, yeah. Uh, throwing away his bike. And uh, I met Randy Heller, who played his mother uh, at that same convention. And uh, Oh, she's cool. Oh, she, I loved her. And she was like, she goes, she, it's it's funny when you meet somebody and you're you're talking about them and they kind of repeat the line and obviously they just do it perfectly you know they're not trying to whatever but it, they, that was just in them and they it's just them yeah so that's so cool your it's your sister's favorite movie yes so Cobra Kai obviously is a a fun series for us to watch oh it's great I love I love all three uh, not all I don't like the second one that much I like the third yeah, one just because it's, it's so bad and my Sean's in it, but the first one holds up. Like, it's just a classic. You know, it's like Rocky for karate. It's it's great. I love the third one. For, I'm secretly hoping it won't happen that the third will show up in the top ten. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Police Academy. This, you know. this one's a little iffy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this one's iffy. You have to take it for its time. Uh, that there's. <laughs> It's a product of 1984. Yeah, comedy. and the things that we thought were funny are just not funny now. Um, True, but um, so probably not hold up. There's scenes in in it that still hold up, and it's certainly better than all the sequels that that came after it. Um, oh but yeah. The only kind of my one of my favorite scene I still cackle every time is uh, and I can't remember uh, the sergeant that <laughs> hit the traffic jam or whatever, and he goes yeah. flying off a cycle. And the, there's a horse that just moves its tail. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. And the best, the best comedy follow-up is because like that's funny, and people are just like, "Ooh!" And then the next scene, Ooh. his hair is all washed and still wet, so like he's just been cleaned up. Uh, in the next scene, like he is just it's perfect. Yeah, and I just like those are the thing. That's kind of like it's not subtle humor, but it's just like those are the funny. They they knew they know how to follow up the joke with another joke to, to make it work kind of in the, in the air, not quite the airplane mode, but you know, yeah, yeah, no, they do. Totally. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I don't, I don't think as a whole, it holds up. There's still some funny scenes. Uh, it's one of those movies I call like better just to watch that scene on YouTube kind of thing to get it out of your system. Like I don't, I I've seen it. I, I was never a huge fan of it, but I can appreciate some of the humor, but it's one of those movies. I'll probably never be like, you know, let's, let's, let's fire up police Academy. <laughs> I, did, I went to the I went to the police academy in uh, Toronto. Um, th- oh, that, that's right. The building is the same one used in Urban Legend. Um, uh, oh, okay. Come, in the beginning of the film, oh, they yeah. go up and they say "Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary." That's the police academy. academy. Oh, that's so cool. 
you cover that. You're a big I Urban did. Legend fan, aren't you? Um, I yeah, at the time I liked that has not maybe it's Tara Reid has not <laughs> aged as well for me. But at the time I liked I kind of liked the concepts uh, that they. Yeah, had. I thought it was fun. Yeah. Um, but um, and there's some things that didn't age too well. But overall, uh, much better. And I don't like Urban Legends. No, Urban Legend came out in '99. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I was a senior that year, and I, we watched that like a lot. Like I think I owned it, and it was one of those like go-to things. If you had like people over, it's like let's watch Urban Legend again. <laughs> again. You miss that oh. watching like movies with people in high school when you get to control it. Like if they're at your house, you're like, we're gonna fire up Braveheart. <laughs> like we don't want to watch that. I'm like, well, my house, Braveheart. I used to totally manipulate it. You say, ah, sorry, I have the VHS version. <laughs> Yeah, I can't tell you how many screenings of The Godfather people did not want to watch that was <laughs> fired up. Through. When you God. left a room, do they do a quick speed up? <laughs> I'm sure they left the room before the movie was over and left the house. Uh, it, there was a lot of, this is before like cell phones. Well, people had cell phones, but you yeah. couldn't really like search the internet on them. So there was a lot of like talking amongst themselves and texting probably and like look and picking up stuff on the table and reading it during. Do you have magazines? So that, yeah. You have magazines. Um, gotta gotta cut foot loose. The Kenny Loggins classic makes its debut in this Kevin Bacon gem, Footloose, which Robert has actually covered spectacularly. Um, this movie does not hold up, although I really enjoy it. If that makes any sense, it's a guilty it, pleasure for me. It is, and I think I feel like I saw it in the theater years later, like that a special anniversary. And yeah, parts of it, I guess, that don't hold up to me is um, uh, the girl, um, I can't remember her name, uh, but she, she, one, her boyfriend smacks her around, her yeah. dad smacks her, and we're like, what, why, was this okay? I, like, I don't remember in 84 going, oh my gosh, the, this girl's, why, she's being abused left and right or whatever. Yeah. It was like, no, she, hopefully, you know, she's just in love. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, what's happening? Um, yeah, so there's parts of that. I'm like, how did that? Obviously, uh, her boyfriend is supposed to be the big meanie. And, right. and, and but I, I don't remember being upset that she was being smacked around. And now I just look yeah. at it. And I'm like, why is that OK? And, and now I do. I love Diane Wiest. Um, this is one of her, her first film roles, uh, which is kind of shocking to me. Uh, but oh, um, and I can't get enough of her. She's in the new Netflix movie. Um, I care for people. I care a lot. I'm sorry. I care a lot. Yes. She's not in it enough, but I just I can watch her all day. I could, too. I think she's great in everything. Everything she does, I enjoy her. Even if the movie sucks, I like her. Uh, I don't think it holds up because of that reason, the, the violence, and also the undertones of, like, control Kevin, Kevin Spacey, Kevin Bacon does some weird, some of the dance numbers, they're like too over the top. Like, I don't know how, even for 1984, he wasn't like a little cringy doing it. Like, what do you, what do you have in me do? Well, half the time it's a stunt person, but uh, yeah, right. which like, I, I don't remember in the theater seeing that. And now I don't know if it's crystal clarity of Blu-ray or whatever. I'm like, well, that's not him. <laughs> I do like watching '80s movies on HD now. Like I did watch Back to School, and the the doubles of, during the diving scenes. You're yeah. like the Roddy Dangerfield guy is like my age and like a hundred pounds less. Like come on, 
Maybe it's just the clarity. Or at that point, we were rewatching them on crappy VHS on 25-inch TVs. And there was like, yeah, it's fine. I think that's him. I, I was talking to somebody that night. I was like, remember as, as kids, we would go to the video store. It was a place called Choices. It was really amazing, creative name for a video store. And you'd spend like a half an hour finding what movie to watch. And I remember like walking around. And the second you left the store, you're like, oh, I should have got the other one. Yeah. Like you re- you regretted it. Or the one you wanted was gone. And you're like, ugh. And it was going a lot. Yeah. You'd go back there. I remember going back like every day for like a week and be like, do you have this? No, it's still out. I'm like, okay. who is it? Who, where, where, why is you? I only have one copy. Why, why is it taking so long for them to watch The Doors? I remember my friend Ellie was a sucker for, she'd get the allure of the box. And I'm like, if, oh, yeah. I'm like, you can't go by the box, like the whatever the front, you know, like, and she's like, well, this one has raised, you know, <laughs> they paid extra money. I'm like, now look at it. Read, and you'd read the back and you'd be like, uh, I don't know, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, what do you, uh, you can't Google it. It didn't exist. Was, you had to take no the word of the art trailers to, you know, and so no. yeah, you had two paragraphs and maybe three pictures. Um, and you were like, this might be good. I don't <laughs> And then sometimes it could be a big miss where it's kind of looks like a comedy or something. And it's like a step down from a porn and you're like, well, Sorry, mom. I didn't know this was on. You know, like you don't know. You don't. You could. It could be a huge miss of what you're yeah. getting into, and especially horror because sometimes you rent stuff and you're like, you get this cheap ass. You're like, I can't watch yeah. this. You know, like you're like, what is this? <laughs> they shot it on camcorder. Yeah. yeah, it was a gamble, but it was yeah. fun. Uh, so Footloose, we agree, does not hold up. Uh, yeah, next on the list, nostalgia value for sure. Definitely nostalgia value. That's soundtrack yeah. value. Beverly Hills Cop, does this still hold up, Robert? It never really held up for me to begin with. Um, I've never seen Beverly Hills Cop. It's... And, and sorry to, to admit that. It's not um, good? Um, it, it just never, it really didn't kind of resonate with me. And I actually, I remember, no. I remember seeing Beverly Hills Cop 2 in the theater. And I remember being... Because uh, by that point, I was kind of not into getting more into film or whatever. And I remember that one was on the first one with these super quick cuts um, that they had not started doing until about that time. And I was like, like, what is going on? You know, why do they have these half second shots of the camera? And I'm like, um, what, I, what are they I, doing? I, yeah. And especially in I, we're now we're more used to this kind of quick cutting, um, yeah. but especially in the theater. It was kind of jarring. I'm like, I came yeah. here to film. Um no, that doesn't sound very good at all. And this is definitely uh, sequ- uh, sequels of diminishing returns. <laughs> <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop. I, I said I somebody recently, I forget, a couple months ago, that came up and I was like, oh, I've never seen it. They're like, what? You've never seen it? I'm like, is that a movie to be shocked that no one's seen? Like, I get Pulp Fiction or Jurassic Park or something like that. But Beverly Hills Cop, I'm sure you, a lot of people haven't seen it. I think people still have it. It's a favorite in their mind. Not, oh, you know, like they it. might not have seen it in years and they might read it like, yeah, this isn't. No, that doesn't hold up. Or maybe they, maybe they do still like it. I don't know. Next up on our list of, do they still hold up is, Ooh, a classic with the always dreamy and sophisticated Michael Douglas. <laughs> Romancing you know- the stone. I do have more respect for him. Now, Grant, he, he, he's I always playing Michael Douglas. And yeah. Every, I'm trying to think of a role where he didn't really play Michael Douglas. 
It's always Michael Douglas, American yeah. President, Traffic, Romance yeah. in the Stone. Uh, um, War of the Roses he did with uh, Kathleen Turner as well. Um, is, yeah, was this yeah. a sequel to War of the Roses? No, I think this came out first. I think they had this, and then Jewel of the Nile was the actual That's sequel what to this. Jewel of the Nile, not, yeah. not War of the Roses. Uh, yeah. Jewel of the Nile, I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Danny DeVito as well, also in War of the Roses. So the yes. trio kind of oh. made some good films. Um, this no, this doesn't hold up for me. So it's obviously it was doing trying a little bit of a cash in of uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and then adding a little bit more romance to it. Yeah, agree totally. I I first saw this at camp. I went to camp for like two weeks one summer, and they showed this, which is a weird choice for kids. Um, for real, that's kind of a weird choice. Uh, it's safe, and I remember it's a safe thinking, bet. I mean, you can show it to kids, and they're like, huh? Yeah, but, but I remember everybody was kind of like, oh, well, we kind of want to watch Raiders of the Lost Ark now. It was kind of like that. And I saw it not too long ago, and I felt exactly what you just said. It's it's yeah. kind of trying like, to be Raiders of the Lost Ark. I'm Art. sorry. You get King Solomon's Minds instead. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Shasta. What were they of... looking for there? The um, diamond that... I, 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 I vaguely remember Joel Denial. I, I do too. And it kind of, I remember his very sequelitis of like, we have to get everybody back together <laughs> in a convoluted way. In a convoluted way. <laughs> uh, we have so to, save, to save the farm in Jewel of the Nile. Yeah, save the farm from the, the evil bank men that are come <laughs> on the board. Uh, Romance in the Stone does not hold up. Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. I've never seen Star Trek Three: The Search for uh, Spock. And you really I'd imagine it holds Star up great. Um, it holds up okay. Um, I think so. The the t- obviously it came off of Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan, which is pretty much everybody's favorite, and it's sandwiched between um, that and Star Trek Four, which is I think it was probably the most successful one because uh, it was more, Star Trek Four was less a obviously it was a Star Trek film, but it had a wide stream uh, audience that uh, it, was, it was funny. It was a comedy. It wasn't your typical space movie. Um, so Star Trek Three has. It has some good moments, and Christopher Lloyd as the the main Klingon baddie. Um, it has some not good effects. Oh, cool. um, they couldn't get Kirstie Alley back, um, probably rightfully so. Uh, Lieutenant Savick doesn't have uh, a very good role. Um, it, it feels this is very Star Trekky though. So for Star, it it does feel like a good Star Trek episode. Oh, nice! But, You're a fan? Uh, no, but no. I guess what do they call it? Casual Star Trek fan? Yeah. So I'll, I'll watch some things, but I don't watch all the series. But you can appreciate like some of the better ones. Yeah. Absolutely. Where it's like a fun ride kind of thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, last on the list is Tom Hanks in Splash, which is I've, Ron Howard. Yes. Um, and I remember more. I, I remember I remember movie logos. I always remember the first time I saw a movie logo because it stands out because like, what's the, is this the film? What is this? Yeah. Um, yeah. This was a touchstone film, and this is the first time I saw the touchstone logo. Um, don't cool. ask me why that, that's the first thing that came to my mind. I can always remember <laughs> first time I saw a movie logo, this is where it happened. That's cool, but I can do um, that with some movies. Uh, I haven't watched it, I was going to rewatch it because I think it's on Disney Plus with some it is uh, butt editing nudity. Um, yeah, because god forbid we can't see no. Uh, <laughs> Carol Hannah's 
but yeah i i saw pictures i didn't see the actual but i i heard they do they must they tried to extend her hair <laughs> down i think we talked about that before we like we have, mentioned so that i yeah. need to rewatch that so uh, i'll be honest so i haven't watched it has your john candy in it uh, yeah as eugene levy so i probably should actually revisit this before i can make a decision because i have not seen it in a long while yeah i saw it a few years back it i still enjoyed it a lot i love ron howard and uh but yeah, I'm due for a watch. It, based on you know what I saw a few years back, I, I, it definitely holds up. It's got a great cast. It's a fun movie. Um, I'm all about it. It's pre-Cocoon Ron Howard film, right? I oh, it has to be yeah. So because I think yeah, this was one of his first. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, and it has has pretty good facts. I remember uh, the I can't remember how they did it of her legs kind of becoming. You kind of see the gill, not gills, but kind of little bumps kind of begin to rise and stuff like that so i bet yeah i think i might watch that later tonight i think i might be due i think i might i'll add that to my list those are the top 10 other uh of do they still hold up top 10 highest grossing films of 1984 other honorable mentions include the film red dawn which we we touched on a little bit before the show they did a really bad sequel or a remake i should remake, say yeah 2013 where North Korea invades the U.S. Um, but Red Dawn, the original, is a really great film. It has Patrick Swayze, C. Thomas Howe, Leah Thompson, Harry Dean Stanton's in it. Um, it's a cool... We mentioned it's a, it, there's such cool openings to have. They're in Colorado. And, you know, basically the plot is Cuba and the USSR invade the U.S. There's a huge world war going off. And they kind of invade Colorado, which shows you how far they've penetrated. It's it's uh, it's good. It's very dated. It's very '84 with the the weaponry and stuff. Yeah. But it's fun. It's a fun movie, I think. And it, it's kind of the next step. I know last week, I think it was, we talked about in the '80s, we had a lot of kids on their own, you know. And so we start off like you know with the ten-year-olds <laughs> on their own, and now we actually have you know high schoolers on their own, uh, no adults to help. What are we going to do? And now we're yeah, going to save the country. What are they or doing? Colorado. <laughs> yeah, it's. I always felt like too, and and Red Dawn they they spend, and I think I think it holds up. It's it's a fun movie that I'll, I'll still watch, like whenever it's on. But it's always it's funny how they they spend so much time in Cala. I think the city was called Calum Calame or Calamut, Colorado. Yeah, I can't it's a small town, but they spend so much time there. They bring in like the heavy operations to this tiny town. It's like. <laughs> Is that is that significant to like oil or something? It was weird. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I know it's a filming. Like, one, device. how how long do they go unnoticed if if this is the first town they <laughs> they pop up in? Um, where they right? seventy five thousand feet and they drop down from there? I don't know. It's yeah, it's it's bizarre, but it's fun though. It gives a kind of uh, cre- It's a it's a great eighties Cold War movie. Yeah, you know those kind that are like. A, clearly a product of the Reagan years kind of thing. And I wonder, we were talking a little bit about, you know, these Brat Pack actors, and I'm like, I wonder if they were also kind of cheap at the time, that you could just fill a movie <laughs> yeah. with these young actors and not think twice about, Just have you know. them show up. Um, yeah, and it it worked, you know, like, um, we're like, oh, it's all the same people that we just saw uh, in San Almost Fire or, you know, uh, Breakfast Club or whatever it happens to be um, could show up in all the movies. 
Sorry, I had to let this cat out. No, I, I was gonna, I have a sleeping cat here that at one point will want to. She be was out. just scratching and looking at me, and it was it's gonna like, keep going. Let me out. Get me out of here. Uh, so Red Dawn, do you, did you say you think it holds up? I, not for me. So no, we'll probably. It is a product of the time. Yeah. Next is uh, Purple Rain. We have this was one of the uh, honorable top thirties that you have covered, sir. Yeah, well, just just the poster. <laughs> <laughs> we, I think we talked about this last yeah, show. Yeah, we did. So that that's a pretty famous uh, set of uh, fire escape and, and door at Warner Brothers Studios. Seen in Annie and Spider-Man and all sorts of movies. It's very iconic. Yeah. So um, so obviously this holds up for more fans than me. So it never really, this one never really resonated with me like it did others. Yeah, me too. I like Prince. I'm not a huge fan though. Um. So I, I would I don't even remember this watching this movie. I've seen it. I think I watched it in high school. And it's a little bit of Sean Connery Madonna syndrome that you can't have those people on screen and not <laughs> pretend they're somebody else. Yeah, it is. They are what they are. Exactly. Um, Muppets Take Manhattan. This film definitely holds up. <laughs> so I am a great Muppet caper. That's my go-to Muppets for me. You like the Muppet Muppet Cape yeah. is great. Yeah, so uh, so not as much for the, the Manhattan. Um, and now I, I I need to revisit this one because I, I assume it's probably on Disney Plus as well. But um, I'm curious because I remember like you know the the Muppet movies always had these uh, one scene uh, cameos from the popular people at the time. And yeah. I like like Joan Rivers, I think was in this one. And I think I need to revisit because I'm like, do the people even know who these people are anymore? You know, if they were popular in '84, you know, like oh everybody knew who. Who this was and like do they still you know uh, yeah do they, plus does it years still later work? yeah that is a good one though uh, I'm gonna have to watch Caper again that's a that's a classic is man are they all on uh, Disney Plus I bet you they are I I since they, Disney kind of owns owns everything including us uh, that <laughs> they do they own yeah. the world set Jetter Saturday I'm gonna uh, give a little. Uh, Screen share here. The next film is 16 Candles, which uh, I it doesn't hold up for me. Um, I love John Hughes, but it yep. doesn't. This film does does not hold up. I'm sorry to say, in my opinion, there's uh, I think it mostly holds up for me. So like if it's on, I might I actually might watch the end. And that's kind of one of my uh, tests for, say, if it does, if it holds up or not. So um, like, go ahead your attitude so oh, go ahead i'm sorry I yeah cut out. yeah so i know i'll be so for those that are only listening we are pulling up the the web page for some of the locations um so sammy date what do you say sammy sammy baker's Davis house this is Baker in evanston shooting. illinois yeah so it looks about the same i think a tree is gone maybe um but uh i like when houses pretty much going to look the same as they did and look I'm just right in front and centered, like people hate. <laughs> I like it. All I would say was every every picture. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the so guy that... I was looking at, it was literally every shot. There was like 30 pictures of the <laughs> Griffith Park Bridge from Roger Rabbit Back to the Future, and he was in every one. Every one of them. So, I'm yeah, like, just wait. We'll see if picture. I'm every picture too. <laughs> I, I, I can't there I am again. <laughs> the guy was like right up front and center. He was like yeah. half of the picture. Um. The, the, so you're not every shot. These are great. Yeah. So you're the set jetter. We should be so lucky uh, to have you. Yeah, Jake Ryan's party house and uh, 
And to me, I, I think Jake Ryan is probably the uh, quintessential hunk that will always be, at least for that oh. era. People still talk about Jake Ryan. Always. <laughs> yeah. We all wanted to be Jake Ryan. Look, there I am again. <laughs> this is in Highland Park, Illinois. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And you may notice the shirt. You can tell this is a day one uh, filming location. There it I'm, is. I'm in my Madonna shirt. <laughs> the iconic Madonna t-shirt. So I'm probably sweaty and a little smelly at that point. But you're having fun and yeah, doing great work. John Cusack and probably an early role for the Nerds House. I love it. Northbrook, Illinois. Evansville, Illinois. These are all classic Hughes locations. Oh, yeah. So she's having a baby's right around there at the, uh, I think, the uh, Home Alone. Yeah, so, Plain yeah. Trains and Automobiles house. Yeah, I guess I got into their church. I don't. I vaguely remember that. Good for so. you. And there's nobody in there, which means you were breaking <laughs> and entering on a holy ground. Oh, holy ground of 16 candles for sure. <laughs> um, Good for you, though, getting in here, getting these yeah. shots. Usually churches have actually been pretty nice. So. And there's a little poltergeist. Uh, the poltergeist lady was in that scene. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. sister's a little out of it. Your sister's a little out of it. <laughs> I do love her sister uh, on uh, kind of over-metted up and <laughs> jumping to great. catch the rice in her mouth. <laughs> so great. <laughs> it's perfect. It's going to be a piece of cake. This is the church next to the train station from She's Having a Baby. It is. So all right together for John Hughes fans to go visit your favorite locations. Oh, it's Anthony Michael Hall. Yes. And speaking of Gremlins 2, uh, she played, I can't remember, she played the redhead. Uh, oh, Gremlins yeah. The one, the one with the, the very strong Brooklyn accent. Yeah. Yes. That's great. I love That's her. so funny. I went to, I just remember that uh, I went to a Halloween party and the, I should say the main guest, you know, that they throw Halloween parties every year. So one, one year I went and everybody was a 16 candles character. Oh, no and way. Who were you? My favorite was her. I can't remember who, who I don't, I didn't know the, the gal, but she had the same dress. She had a wig with a big chunk of cut out the back. Of oh, hair. that's perfect. And she, I think she was carrying it around like she does in the movie. Like. I think this is right. <laughs> Jamie Gertz, I think, is the one. That's or genius. she was there to cut out, you know. Uh, so yeah. it does hold up for me, I will say. And one, we got we got Joan and Joan, John and Joan Cusack. Um, obviously, it was Molly's first movie. Uh, Billy is it Billy Bird uh, plays the uh, the one of the grand the grandparents in the movie. Just kill me. You're like. I I still sign like yeah. you know like anytime if I have to like open something now like like she opens it on, voila, breakfast is served. Voila. Oh, I have to tell you something. I was using um, uh, I used your use of, did IQ suddenly you know sharply <laughs> drops the type in a way in real life the other day, and I was so uh, I wanted to text you about it, but I was in like a situation at work where you couldn't. Somebody was asking me to do something. This is all on Zoom, and somebody was other thing, and I said, "Well, it's not going to work." Like, well, can you do this? And I just said, "Did IQ suddenly drop since I've been away?" And they go, <laughs> well, "Where were you? Where were you?" And I was like, "Because I, I wasn't anywhere." I was, I was like, it, so I had to backpedal very quickly. Yeah. At that point, I kind of looked like a dick because they didn't know the, the the reference. So I go, "No, that's that's from a movie I just watched. Ten bucks to whoever gets it." And of course, nobody got it. Yeah. 
See, I was like, it's you have a choice. You either back it up or you just keep going. I bet. Just like all all this bullshit that you think is so important, you can kiss all that goodbye. You can kiss all that goodbye. (laughs) We uh, I want to start using Burke's lines in like work. Like, oh, do do you want to send an email? (laughs) Yeah, Outlook has that. They they manufacture them, by the way. We manufacture that. Yeah, takes decades. (laughs) Um, Uh, so 16 Candles, we're kind of split down that. Um, yeah. And I'm a big John Hughes fan, so maybe I should just rewatch it. Revenge of the Nerds. Revenge of the Nerds. I'm going to pull up some uh, set general locations of this. Robert, is this Two. a film that holds up? It does not for me. So this was shot down in Tucson, Arizona. Um, so I, my one of my best friends had moved there, so I thought, oh, I'll do some locations on the way from the airport. Um, and it was kind of a actually kind of a dreary, rainy day uh, for Arizona. But um, kind of, I, I had to go to all the locations, but just just a few. Go to, go to the the fraternity houses and the lambda 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 house and and some of the college scenes. Um, but no, I mean, I mean, when you talk about Project of Time, there's you know this is oh it's it has it's rapey, it's you know it's gay panic, rapey. it's like. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, like whew, they got away with quite a bit back then they did and this was even getting some flack before like me too and stuff like that yeah. i remember hearing people like in college be like ah, it's kind of rapey yeah yeah like and, in and 2005 we, yeah and we, when we say kind of it is it's, i mean it is it's putting a mask and i don't care if they drug somebody i can't remember but so the mask thing is what i you've always would hear was like the mask yeah. scene and you're like yeah. yeah tending to be somebody else and then sleeping with her and um but yeah so so this house is going to try to change the most the the nerds lambda 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 house this was all in tucson at the university of arizona yep a lot of this is in tucson in the area area so and i think i, I love this picture of the cast um ogre <laughs> look at um, his eyes yeah <laughs> He does that on purpose. So. Oh, I know. I know. I, know. I wouldn't. Well, I think I don't know if I included all my updates. I think I did. So, because um, my favorite, I was I met him, uh, Curtis Armstrong, uh, Booger. <laughs> this was uh, at different places. Um, it looks like. Yeah. So at least yes, these, these are a couple different ones, a couple different conventions. Oh, this is and, so cool. And uh, uh, Lamar Latrell. Marla Trell. And this then, is uh, this is my favorite, Betty Childs. Betty Childs. Only because when um he goes to visit her and she goes, can I ask her your name? And she's like, Betty Childs. And so I actually had her put that in quotes on the autograph because <laughs> I oh, said, "Oh no way, that's so cool." I still cool. say that line for no reason. Exactly. You know how fast the you were going, Betty Childs. <laughs> And she, she she repeated it too, and exact like we talked about earlier, exactly the same way. Betty, oh really? Yeah, that's perfect. Um, but yeah. Uh, next on the list of do they still hold up is going to be all of me. And this does still. It, it's a little bit of a slow burn moving a uh, movie. It's all of me, Robert. I've uh, never. Oh my this. gosh, I never I, seen it. Uh, Lily Tomlin, Steve Martin. Um, it's Steve Martin's in it. Yeah, so you might want to check this out. Usually, it's streaming somewhere, um, and it's kind of a. This was also kind of a favorite movie trope of you know of Heaven Can Wait, where <laughs> somebody's in the body of somebody else and they need to 
do something to get it in time or otherwise they'll be dead forever that type of thing oh okay this is one yeah. of like first uses of it yeah so but one even in the worst of movies you usually can't go wrong with these two actors uh no no not at all i mean some funny and people like lily tomlin in particular she doesn't have to do much to just make me giggle uh, <laughs> oh, she's great yeah this is a, uh, this looks like a good flick. I should probably check this out. I'm surprised I've never never heard of it. Yeah. So um, all of me. It, yeah. D- I think it's kind of fun. I think it's kind of fun, and I think I don't know if I did. I've done my page for it. I haven't done obviously. I haven't done my page for it yet. So but they shot a lot at the her house uh, was at the Greystone uh, Manor in Los Angeles. Oh, cool. Which is used in many many things. Yeah. You've seen this recently. Uh, not to obviously a couple of years because I had to do all the screenshots for me uh, for it. But, okay, that's cool. You you you've handled this set though. Yeah, I these locations. It. I mean, yeah. Next lot, on the list, I'm sorry. Go ahead. A lot of people still think about it. People my age. <laughs> Next on the list is the film best known to have deleted scenes that shared locations with Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. That's the Terminator. <laughs> what? <laughs> Terminator. This is, of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger's first entry as the uh, future Terminator, directed by James Cameron, or as Robert calls him, Jim, as they're Jim. Good friends. Yeah, we, I know Jim. Jim. <laughs> uh, um, this, so I think this one still holds up for me. Oh, um, yeah. Because one, it kind of it sets the. This one's kind of hard because it, when we talked about some sequels end up kind of retconning and ruining. <laughs> The original. We this this is where we begin to verge into that, and um, d- definitely the later Terminator sequels, and then a little bit of Terminator Two because Terminator Two is kind of a different beast, and it uh, Terminator obviously Terminator Two is a fantastic and action film, uh, but uh, people really like that one more as an audience. But this is kind of the grittier, I say, realer version before things kind of got too convoluted. And we don't have I agree. Any- Screaming. Yeah, they're both fun movies, but this is like, in my opinion, a better film. It's grittier, it's darker, you know. It shows like the origin of everything. Um, I really enjoyed the Terminator, and of course, the police scene uh, is one of the best. Yes, um, I recently saw Solid something. Pe- people were uh, kind of criticizing, <laughs> saying, "Did anybody stop to think that you know?" Um, you know, he, he came from the future, uh, Michael Bien came from the future naked, uh, puts on some homeless guy's pants, and that's all he d- wears in the movie. And she still sleeps with him. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty unsanitary. His yeah. hygiene is her- tar- horrible and, and uh, terrible to do that. Maybe he took a shower somewhere in between. I don't I don't remember. I but, hope so. Uh, <laughs> really unsanitary. It is funny, though, when uh, even the police scene when they, he you know he goes in there and it's like oh, downtown LA you'd have like 300 cops surrounding yes. you and i know they allude to it's the largest manhunt in history but even in the 80s you would have like 30 helicopters yeah I had it holds cap- up though it's a good film it does and it's a it's a and this was this was a good rental is at the time terminator it did obviously did very well um yeah. but i don't think it really discovered its big audience until until videotape that's a good point, especially with Terminator 2, when people are like, let's get the first one. Let's see what this is about. 
The next film, let's see what this is about. The next film uh, film on our list absolutely holds up. It's Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Yes. Coming out in 1984. I know we've talked about this many times, so I won't go over it. But yeah, my first Friday the 13th film to see in the in the theater. and uh, Amazing. Yeah, glorious. It's so cool. And by the way, Robert has uh, credits on this for the um, box set release. They use some yeah. of his some of your work in the dvd i want to say yeah uh the blu-ray i think they they uh, put some photos together from parts three four five and six i think all the um, good ones yeah so i probably need to redo this page because it is overloaded with pictures and we've talked about this before i think it's my I, internet i took so many pictures at this location that uh i need to kind of i need to split it up into uh, smaller pages for for different scenes but because this is my favorite friday 13th film i went and got every angle possible <laughs> i'm so glad you did though this is one of my favorite all-time entries that you've done it's um, my favorite final girl it is isn't it yeah kimberly beck um, i do love and, the scene where they throw yeah. the one girl out the window no go ahead i'm sorry which one tina yeah or and Terry. to her yeah it is double. a graphic uh and that's not the first time they've had that almost exactly where and maybe it's the same stunt actress and uh michael Crichton's looker uh, um, somebody else falls on a car top and literally legs bend up <laughs> back. It's the actual actress. And I was like, what? I don't care. Yeah. So I, I'll, I'll send the clip to you. And I'd be like, this has got to hurt. <laughs> yeah. There's no way that doesn't hurt. Yeah. And, and because it's an actress, and of course, there, she's like wearing a brown panties. There's no padding. There's nothing, you know. This no, is, you're hitting the bone. Yeah. yeah. So for those that want to pull it up, you have to kind of be patient uh, <laughs> uh, for that page to load. But I should do some fixing on that. But yeah, so definitely holds up. Yeah. And so I just, the Friday 13th, the final chapter has some kind of brutal, grisly kind of stunts. And obviously they had Tom Savini back. Um, but I, it was just yes. kind of... It's it, this is when it was still kind of a mean Jason. So part three, kind of we had the mean Jason, uh, kind of coming out, and I don't. Know, it, it, this had just everything kind of going for it. It had the right amount of rain, and it looked right, and decent cast. I think that's what this one stands out. That they really went for. Um, I should say some better actors. I know not to diss <laughs> the the previous actors, but. Uh, because they're in LA, they had kind of their pick of of good actors to choose from. They did. They upped the game a little bit. I do agree with you about the rain too, and even the I love the opening. It kind of like Halloween too, Gosh. where it kind of starts off right from the night before the previous film. They always hook me in, even though I had not seen the previous Get film you. when I saw this. But I, I had some vague recollection of of kind of what had happened. You did a great job with this uh, location. This is I want to say. Santa Clarita? Topanga Canyon. Oh, this is Topanga? This is close yeah. to me. I should yeah. I should find out where this is. I know where it's at. So there she's not as happy to allow fans to come by, but Oh, how did you get in here? Because you're connected? Um, so the, the what happened was the uh the, there were some own, original owners um had been there for you know, was end up being kind of an elderly couple for, for many, many years and then they sold it to her and she was kind of turning oh. it into kind of not a bed and breakfast, but something. Um, so you can rent it out for events and so forth. And is uh, that why it didn't change as much? Because it was like an elderly couple? Maybe with a lot probably, of these pictures it looks fairly similar. Like they didn't yeah. do a lot of remodeling. 
no, no. And there's not much to, you know, it's a kind of a, a sturdy cabin. And so I just emailed her and <laughs> said, hey, this is, I'm a fan or whatever. Um, would it be, and I just, the nicest way, would it be possible, you know, to, to, to come out? And she was almost, she quickly responded. She goes, yeah, what time is your flight land? And I'm like, oh, um, and I said, 10 can I pick and you I up? can be there. And, and she goes, yeah, just come on out. And I'm like, all right. And it's like, it was like a little too, and I didn't know what I'd kind of get away with. And so, um, so I got there and I, I pulled around the back and, and, and the back of the house is where Mrs. Jarvis dies. And so I was just pulling Ooh. up. I, I, this is probably one of my top tens where you kind of get the tinglys of like, I cannot believe I'm at, near, at the Jarvis cabin. And uh, she was running late, so she yeah. wasn't there. And so um, she kind of showed up and, and she goes, yeah, you can take pictures over here and the barn over here. And, with this. and so I'm like, it's just the outside. And so I'm like, okay. And I'm like, so I'm taking pictures. Yeah, she just kind of went back in the house and I'm taking all these pictures and I was and I was like do I only get to go the outside I mean it's fine I'd be more I'd dream my dream would have been uh check marked off if I only got to take outside pictures right and so I came back and she goes I said is that okay if I take pictures on the inside as well and she goes yeah just take off your shoes and, and no blah, way blah, blah. that's and so cool so I was just like I did every inch of that house and oh and, man that's um, awesome and talked she was super nice and then i said well thank you whatever and then i went on my way to do the rest of the day locations and i'm telling my friend about this and i got back that night and i was like oh my god all these pictures and i'm like i'm not this is funny i'm not in a single one of these pictures i have no proof that i was <laughs> i was here see this is where we should have had you in the pictures well and so i emailed her and i'm like I, i'm like not to be and you could certainly say no or whatever kind of like can i come back and take some more <laughs> pictures uh, and and she goes yeah just tell me what time and i'll make sure to and like just like i'm like thank you and like i will be quick you know and so any pictures you see was kind of i was trying to be super nice i brought my friend with me and uh we ran around and took pictures of me standing in uh different places and uh, this is so out. cool yeah. which ones where are you you took a lot of photos here I took so many, and this is why this page is kind of over bloated and takes a while to load. Because oh no, it's great. I think it was my internet. I think yeah, you're. It, it's a lot. So you really um, got every inch of this house. I really wanted to, and and I don't think I brought a single screenshot with me. I knew this movie so well. Oh nice! <laughs> oh there you are. There am I. Yeah. So, goofy. I don't. I'll be the, this. This is the times I don't mind being the goofy guy of um, doing different things. And how how big is the house? It's just like you see, um, don't you? Yeah, um, it, it is what it, it is. It's like it looks like it does in the film size. Yep. Absolutely. So, so it's um, more of like a cabin. Yeah. Well, it, it's probably it's a house size. Um, it just has kind of cabin wood walls, which so. I think is cool. And I think I always felt like that look really works in Friday the Thirteenth because it still gives you the illusion on the inside that you're still in the woods. Mm -hmm. You know, which yeah. is obviously the point where and you can tell if you're on a set or not you know it's, you can you you can tell yeah. when you're on a set and you're like yeah but it's weird it, but it works you're you're there yeah. like it's cool this is such a great entry and probably the best friday the 13th film in my opinion it it has it all uh, to me so it doesn't have uh, a little rat <laughs> demon, demon. <worm> thing. <laughs> what was that i know you just sat through that uh and I, t I told you, I'm like, I saw, and we're talking about Jason Goes to Hell. Uh, yeah. 
ninth Friday the Thirteenth film. Uh, Don, they can't. Couldn't, couldn't it doesn't it. even have Friday the Thirteenth in the yeah, title. They, they, they couldn't do that. Um, oh. And I remember I saw it in this crappy theater, and I'm like, "This is not Friday." Like even the opening, I was like, "What is this? What? what? Why am There's I no here? Jason in it? Why do I exist?" Films <laughs> like Why this. Do I exist? <laughs> it's just so bad. Yeah. Um, uh, but this is a great entry. Friday the 13th, part four, the final Friday, which when they originally made it, final they chapter. thought this was going to be it. This is done. And then it was so popular that they did a new it beginning. Was, it was number one for two weeks. And obviously it made the top 25 or so. Um, yeah. So, And that's where like, well, you can't, you know, you got a cash cow going here. You can't let it go. So, Can't stop it. Great entries here. Topanga, Thank too. That's cool. Um, that's nice that it's, that sounds like a win-win when you're doing, yeah. when the, you do the things that you do, it, when people are very accommodating, yeah. you know, I would think that's like a huge benefit as opposed to, and it's, on. and it's just luck. And I, and I look at that, you know, the counter is exactly the same. And she goes, Oh, I don't like this counter. I think I'm like, and I, I told her, I'm like, you could cut it into pieces and sell it. You know, people would, <laughs> people would buy, buy yeah. To have a piece of Friday taint something. Um. And like she goes, really? I'm like, yeah. And she had never seen the film, so I sent her a, a DVD copy. Uh, oh, that's so nice of you. I got home so she can see. <laughs> She's never Did... seen that film. Surprised, like a realtor wouldn't be like, by the way. Yeah. Well, I think she knew that, and and they see she still they still shoot a lot there. Actually, uh, I know uh, Parks and Rec shot there. Um, oh. and a lot of commercials have shot there because I remember one time. Oh, she, when I called her back, she goes, "We can't come tomorrow, but you can come the day after because Allstate is coming to shoot a commercial or, or something." Oh no way! Yeah, that's so cool. Um, next film on the list is. I'm sorry, this is. I've places. never seen the last three on this list, Robert. Uh, so places in the heart. This is what I just rewatched a couple of weeks ago with Sally Field and um, uh, and I can't remember everybody that's in the movie. But I think this is what she won the Oscar for. Um, and it did, in an 80s way, it did hold up for me. And this is like, we have to get the farm back. <laughs> this was a classic Ed get the Har- farm from the evil yeah, bankers. Ed, Ed Harris, uh, John Malkovich is in it. Um, oh, I love Ed Harris. Amy Madigan. Yeah, Amy Madigan's really good in this. Um, I can't remember who else. I love the. I, I'm gonna guess this takes place in Omaha or somewhere in Nebraska. I think it's Oklahoma or Kansas. I think it should be in the heartland, though. Yeah, and I actually, I, I started looking at them because I'm like, I, I was like, I want to go to these locations, which is kind of a random. <laughs> yeah, you should. Road trip. Have, you, have you? You haven't done this entry. I have not. I. It's. It's the thing. I'll drive hours and hours and hundreds of miles across LA, and if something. Oh, Terry O'Quinn is in this. I forgot. Yeah, I think he plays the mean banker. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. That those mean bankers. Does this yep. film hold up in the opinion of the set chatter? It did hold up for me. Um, Places in the heart. Yeah. I watched it all the way through. I'll say that. There we go. I had not seen it in many years. Next on this list is a film from 1984 that apparently broke the top 30 called Teachers. Teachers. Laura Dern. Um, so uh, Ralph Macchio's in this. Uh, Nick Nolte. Oh, I've seen this movie. Have you seen this? Yeah. So two- yeah, I saw it once. It was good. Yeah. So I need to rewatch it. I just uh, for Christmas, I uh, it just came out on Blu-ray. I got this for my sister, so oh, I haven't rewatched yeah. it myself. Now, the poster is very obviously concerning. Now that we'd not get away with a no, <laughs> an apple that has looks like a bomb. 
Um, that's not the type of movie this is, really. No. <laughs> is Chris Ben Glover in this, too, I think? For some reason, I thought he was. Maybe not. Joe Beth Hirsch. Judd Hirsch. Joe Beth Williams is Poltergeist Mom, one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. I, I do remember seeing this movie. It was good. I was I it was the nineties when I saw it, but I remember I've watched this film. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good movie. Does it still hold up from like today if you watch it today? I have to go revisit. I should have done I forgot this was on my homework list to to see, but um I'll add it to my homework list and see. Le- Maybe the best poster list. ever. Yeah. <laughs> Teachers. Uh and finally on our nineteen eighty four, do they still hold up? Is so the film 1984 didn't break the top 30 this year? No, it did not. Actually, the end of version did come out in 84. 2010. What is this, uh, Robert? It's 2010. Well, actually, I have it right here. Oh my gosh, a true fan. Unopened yet. I ordered it. Is this I've a sequel to Space to Odyssey? It. This is. So, okay. um, in the far off year of 2010. Ooh. <laughs> The distance. What what it what is this film about? Give us a rundown. Um, so yeah, it's it's a more it's a direct sequel, and they um, Roy Scheider plays a character that was in the first one um, to go investigate what happened uh, on the discovery, and uh, so they have to kind of go back out to, to Jupiter. Helen Mirren is in it. Um, John Lithgow. Oh. Um, so as as a decent cast, it's certainly not yeah. two thousand one. That no. kind of level, you know, that's not like Kubrick at all. So it's a, for a lot of people, it's just kind of a travesty because it's like a glossy, sequelized, mainstream version or whatever. But um, I just remember, obviously, I, I saw it 2001. Of course, I was kind of too young. I was like, I don't know, this is long and boring. Uh, and yeah, that's I'm, how it was, is when you see it. Yeah. When you're younger. Um, and then, uh, so this one I knew was kind of more accessible and I saw this in the theater and I remember just kind of being a little, little kind of scared cause I didn't know what this movie was about or what I'd be experiencing. Um, but, um, so I actually bought it to, to rewatch and cause I've been wanting to, to see it again. Have you, so it's been a while since you watched this film? Yes. yes. I'm I remember curious I, about it. It looks like a good cast and it's kind of an interesting plot just from what I'm looking at. Yeah, and now I, I remember there's a scene earlier when they're still on Earth or whatever, because he has his his laptop computer at the beach, and I'm like, well, that's impossible. Where do you plug it in? You know, like all this. Yeah, what? Where's the modem for this? Yeah, what's happening? So I that probably has happened had happened by 2010. Some of the stuff, some of the technology. Obviously, we're not flying off to uh, across a space with a bunch of people, but no, no, not yet. Yet. Soviet Union and U.S. tensions. That old 80s trope of the Cold War. That's another kind of MacGuffin. So. That's a MacGuffin. Um, but, but yeah, but speaking of, you know, the, the Mars pictures are kind of neat to see. And even though it looks like well, a little bit like Utah, but <laughs> what we <laughs> expect. What we expect, a little bit like Utah. Yeah. But that's cool, though. <laughs> so this is our list of uh, 1984's. Uh, top grossing films, do they still hold up? Next episode, we'll, we'll, uh, we will dive into 1985. What's a pre- Give us a preview of 1985. What do we I got? Have, I don't know. I haven't looked ahead yet. And I, I have a feeling this is where we're going to start hitting a uh, maybe down curve. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. 1984 is the peak. Let's look at the first top five here, So just to give a preview. So obviously, Back to the Future, I think we know where we'll land. land. Rambo, First Blood Part Two. 
Beverly Hills Cop doesn't count. That's a leftover, but uh, Rocky Four. Oof. So I have a feeling uh, we're going to start going on the other side of things that don't hold up. But Cocoon, Witness, mm. Goonies, the, the classics, the classics. Police Academy Two. Oh, they jumped right into a sequel pretty quick. Yeah. Well, they were making money. Paramount was just making hand over fist. They really were. Yeah. It did well. We want you. In, we want you back in on Monday for yeah. what? For the sequel. <laughs> I'll be there. We have you, Steve Gutenberg. We have you. <laughs> You're we under contract. Your yeah. I think they do. I think most movie studios do. Yeah. No, they they totally do. This was uh, another episode of Set Jet or Saturday. Robert, do you have anything else you wanted to add or discuss today, sir? No, I feel like I have some homework to do to catch up on films to see uh, how they how they work out. I feel like we both do. I have to watch uh, 2010 Clarice. and Beverly Hills Cop. No. And Clarice. Cla- Clarice. <laughs> Can't it's, wait. You know, have a couple. What are you drinking? Miller like have a couple more of those and then watch Clarice. I'll watch it. I'll watch it. I'll, gi- I'll give it a I'll give it a proper rundown. You can do many things while you're doing it. You can do laundry. You can iron. You can do all sorts of stuff while watching Clarice and not miss a thing. That does sweeten the deal when you're like, well, I can get chores done while I do this. Yes. <laughs> so that's what that's maybe what I'll do. This is Set Jetter Saturday. Thank you so much to Robert Patterson. As always, visit the Set Jetter at set-jetter.com. And feel free to listen to all the shows for free on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio, and Roku. Thank you very much, everybody. We will see you next week. Good night.